0: Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate that you show up every week if you are returning and if you are brand new, welcome, welcome. I hope you find something useful. And today is a great first episode for you to be dropping into because I have someone who I think is an amazing human being, someone that I love getting to talk to. And when you think about coaching and how coaches give advice, they listen, they hold space. One of the things that maybe you don't know is that coaches love having coaches themselves. And so there's something about being in community with other coaches that just really helps us grow and learn. And my guest today is that for me, she really shines a light on some of the ways that maybe I'm having thought errors, maybe I'm not doing my best, and really holds a safe space for me to figure my shit out. So I just want to welcome my Co-coach on the same team, the Hooper Fit team, today to the podcast, Eileen Trujillo. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here.
1: Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you. You know, I always love our conversations, so I'm excited for today. Uh, we we have the best conversations. Y'all, we really
0: have the best conversations. We always end up laughing and having a really good time. So I'm glad you're here. Um, Today we're going to take on a topic that is a little bit challenging, so buckle up for it. We're going to talk about taking personal responsibility. And now I know so many are going to sit there and be like, oh, this is the podcast I need. I need some self-discipline. I need to hustle. I need to get my shit together. And so you're going to be tempted to take this and go, I'm going to use it as a slap in the face and to get my sort of momentum back so that I can get back on track, right? And if you've been around for a while, you know we don't like words like get back on track and on and off the wagon and all of that because the reality is your journey is going to be this long sort of wavy messy thing but you're never really off you you might take the long route and that's okay but you're not off track so half of you are going to be like, woohoo, discipline. I need it in my life. I'm a terribly undisciplined person. Please slap me into place. And the other half of you are going to be like, wait, don't you talk about compassion all the time? And like, how to just let ourselves off the hook? Well, this episode is about marrying the two concepts so that you don't feel like you're off track when you're making mistakes, having a little bit of a messy time. And so that you stop quitting on yourself when it feels that way, because you're so Damn cruel when you make those mistakes. So, we're going to teach you how to take some responsibility for your actions and how to do it in a very compassionate way. This is your Velvet Sledgehammer episode. So, I hope you enjoy. All right, Eileen, what do you see with our clients, with the people that you work with personally, when it comes to this topic of personal responsibility? Maybe take the listeners through a little bit of a journey when it comes to how things start for people versus how it kind of ends up in the middle of their journey and, and how it ends, what the mindset shifts are there.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things that's so fascinating about just the human brain and our clients is most of our clients come to us with a very extensive dieting history, some relating back to dieting in early childhood for themselves. And so they've developed this mindset and belief that we have to grind hard. I have to follow this plan. And there's this very intense, rigid nature that has developed as a result of being a dieter, because when you diet, there's a clear way to do it. And there's a way not to do it. There's no in between. And so initially, one of the very first things we spend a lot of time, and I spent a lot of time teaching clients is like yeah, but that's okay. Like mistakes, the messiness is okay. We don't need to ridicule ourselves for 45 minutes or four days because you ate two slices of the chocolate cake instead of having a couple bites that you thought you could do. And so some of it is unlearning the harsh rhetoric that is a natural response. And so that is a good amount of time for a lot of people, myself included. I was very great at, immediately ripping myself apart and never noticing anything good. Right. It was like everything I could add into the, I suck bucket. Like that's where it goes. And that's where it goes for a lot of our clients. So as our clients start to develop some self-compassion, it's like the pendulum swings, right? We're like, I'm gonna let myself off the hook. I overate. It's no big deal, whatever. I just moved on. Right. And there's a lot of pride in that. And that is still progress, right? Like letting yourself off the hook when You might've eaten when you weren't hungry or you overate is important because we don't need to feel guilty about food. You just can move on and let your body do its thing and eat again when you're hungry. And so some of our clients get kind of caught in this place of like, I'm letting myself up hook. I'm being so compassionate. It's no big deal, which is important. But if your goal is to truly change your relationship with yourself and food, there has to be compassion plus some inquiry for responsibility and what that can start to look like is oh yeah I overate but why did I do that like how do I want to feel how do I want to change what could I have done differently next and like what will I do differently next time is how the personal responsibility starts to come back in it doesn't have to be as harsh as it was in the beginning where it's like I'm a failure I'm off plan I'm off track it's just like (laughs) how can I do this just a little bit better next time? Like, what do I don't want to feel like this again? What do I need to do? And so I have a client who was living in the land of like, oh, but I, you know, I emotionally ate and I'm okay with it. And I'm like, are you? And she got kind of really uncomfortable. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you just told me that you emotionally ate five times this week for the same reason. Are you really okay with that? Or not you know and she kind of goes well i guess i'm really not okay with it like i'm okay with the decision i made but i'm not okay because i'm like is this an exception or is this a pattern right like are you okay with this starting to look like a pattern instead of your exception and she's like yeah i'm not okay with that and i'm like okay so i'm like i absolutely want you to be compassionate if you overeat you had more than you anticipated like you're human it's no big deal it's not gonna derail you you're not gonna be up track it's not ruining all your progress but if it's happening consistently, that's a pattern. And that's where we have to be accountable to ourselves. We have to say like, I don't want to be the person who's still turning to food three to five times a week because my boss sent me this email and it stressed me out. And so I think that's part of the journey is learning to go like, oh, well, like I was okay with it. I was okay with it. And it's like, But if it's happening regularly, that's a pattern, right? We got to get inquisitive. And so that's one of the things that I really see in this journey is you start out a little bit harsh, you almost, you gain compassion, there's a little bit of time being spent and I'm off the hook, I'm compassionate, I'm great, everything's good. And then there needs to be this next layer of like, where's the push? The push to get just a little bit better has to come back in with that compassion. It's such a good
0: point. And I really think that people, at least most people in my experience cannot bypass any of it. They have to go through that part where the world just has so many expectations of them. Otherwise they wouldn't be signing up for any kind of self-development change of life thing, right? you you sign up for these things most of the time because you're in some kind of pain. You're in some kind of like, I need to change this about my life. It hurts, it sucks. It's causing results mm-hmm. that I am not okay with. And then when you join a program like ours, it's like, oh, well, stop being a dick to yourself. And they're like, oh, thank God.
1: (laughs) Finally, (laughs) finally I can stop this. I (laughs) finally have permission to be nice to myself. Oh my God. I like, (sighs) I thought I was supposed to hustle and grind, right? That's the culture we've subscribed to. Go big or go home, grind or go hard, you know? Yes,
0: yes, exactly. And so it's such a relief to sort of release the pressure valve for a little while. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, the pendulum just swings. It swings to the other side and people start getting a little bit like, letting loose with themselves, but that is actually no better. You know, like Mm -hmm. on one hand, it's nicer on the surface. On the surface, I'm not gonna beat myself up anymore. I'm not gonna say unkind things about my behavior anymore. That is all good, we're halfway there. But what I think is really missing for folks is that when you are letting that pendulum swing and you're eating for emotional reasons over and over again, and you're saying it's okay, when you signed up for a program to change you really want the change still but you're just like i'm just being compassionate and what ends up happening is a lot of frustration like i've been compassionate Mm -hmm. with myself i've been better i've been noticing my emotions still eating about them but i've been noticing like why am i not seeing any success here it's like well it's not compassionate not to be accountable it's not compassionate Mm -hmm. to say i'm learning without saying what have i learned and how can i remember to practice it Next time I start to feel these feelings. So doing the work, the uncomfortable, gritty work of saying, I'm just willing to be disappointed in myself long enough to figure it out. It doesn't mean I'm a disappointment. It doesn't mean I'm a terrible person or that I don't have discipline or (laughs) whatever. It's just like, I'm just willing to feel kind of bad about the results I'm creating in my life. And I'm I'm done being on the extreme ends. I'm just going to hold myself to a higher standard without the outside voices of the world and the way they expect me to hold myself to a higher standard. It's with curiosity
1: and then action, right? Absolutely. And I think what's interesting, right, is as people develop compassion, right? Like we get comfortable because it initially, it feels good right away, but over time it doesn't feel as good. And it's the compassion, you want to meet that compassion with learning, right? And so I hear this a lot, like, I'll try again next time. And it's like, well, what are you trying? And people are (laughs) like, what? I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, if you're going to try it again with this, like trigger food a food that you get stressed out about or dining out in this restaurant experience, like, well, what are you trying? Like you need to actually do an action, right? That's where the change comes in. That's where the accountability comes in and really holding yourself to that next standard that you're trying to develop. Right. you're like, It's not like I'm going to try again with Mexican food and have no plan or intention. You want to have some sort of clear action where you can improve. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to skip the chips guac salsa. It doesn't have to be extreme, but it's like, I'm going to make sure I plate the chips and salsa. And that's what I'm going to start with. And then I'm going to assess how I feel when my entree comes and then check in. Like That could be you trying again as being more aware of what's happening in that situation versus like, I'll just try again with no plan. Like you want to learn from each experience and that's how you're able to develop that 1% better. The smallest thing you want to try the next time your boss sends the email that tends to trigger you to want to eat the Oreo cookies, right? You want to be prepared to try something a little different in the spirit of improving, right? And getting closer to your goals and the way you want to interact with yourself and food. Yeah, it reminds me
0: of a coaching call I did just recently where I was talking to a client and she was talking about, like, I just, I know after, you know, X number of drinks, I'm good. And if I have one more, I'm going to wake up and have regrets. Like, I just don't feel good. I'm groggy the next day. I'm like, okay, you know, so what are we going to do about that? And one of the things that she said was, she's like, I just need to keep reminding myself that, you know, I can only have this many drinks and that I don't need to have more. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, how's that going to work? Like you're going to be, you know, two, three drinks in and you think that your brain is going to go, okay, I know that I'm going to have regrets tomorrow. If I have one more in that moment and you're just going to say, no, I'm like, I can guarantee you this is not going to happen. (laughs) So as we, as we, and, and then you just feel bad again. Like I just keep trying and I keep failing. Right. That's the story. Mm -hmm. It feels gross. And so one of the things I asked her, I'm like, okay, well, why, you know, what were you doing? What was going on? She's like, well, my husband was gone a lot this week and, you know, has been the last few weeks. And it was a great opportunity for us to just connect. And we were out and this is how we spend our time together. I'm like, okay, so what you're really looking for is connection right? So her Mm -hmm. idea was like, I didn't want the dinner to end. So we just order more drinks at the bar. We just keep drinking Mm -hmm. because we don't want the date to end. And now we have an answer, right? It's not just about like, how can I say no to that third drink? It's that it's more about what is really going on here? What do I expect from this experience? And what we found out was like, we just need to figure out a way to extend the date in a different way. It didn't Mm -hmm. even, you know occur that maybe we could switch to sparkling water and just continue to stay at the table for a while or have a sparkling water in between, you know, drinks and stuff to extend the length. Or, you know, maybe we just don't go home and flop on the couch because that was the pattern. We just sit at the table and, or I mean, on the porch and sit on the porch swing and spend some time together, just talking and visiting. But when we realize what we're really after, then we can solve for what we're doing. But if we're just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have better willpower tomorrow. Next time I, you know, next time I go out to the Mexican restaurant, I'm just going to use more willpower. Um, We know how that turns out. And it, it, (laughs) and then you think I can't take personal responsibility because I'm just someone who doesn't know how to say no to chips and salsa. It's out of control. Yeah, exactly. It's just out of my hands. I, something takes over because you're just not aware and and you haven't done enough work to say, what am I really learning here? And you know, no fault of your own when it comes to not knowing how to ask the right questions, because who teaches us these things? I sure as
1: shit didn't learn it growing up, <laughs> you know? That's funny. No, it's true, right? And I think it's interesting because sometimes we shy away from holding ourselves accountable because it feels uncomfortable, right? and it being responsible. But like the reality is like, if you can think back to being a kid and someone at some point said like, that was that was a really responsible thing to do, you beamed, right? Most people will beam because they're acknowledged for like doing the right thing. And really the self accountability and the personal responsibility is about doing the right thing by your standards, right? And so it's creating an opportunity for you to follow through on something that matters to you. And that's those moments where you build self-trust, right? And a lot of self-trust gets destroyed when you're a dieter because it's so extreme. What you're doing is just not reasonable and realistic to sustain. So then you develop the narrative in the story that I can't control myself around the cookies, the ice cream, the chips, the guacamole. And as you have the compassion, like, well, oh, I overate the chips and guacamole, you know, well, that was a shit show. And you're <laughs> like, but you know, like I'm gonna be nice to myself, I'm learning, right? And then it's the push, right? The push has to come in as like, well, what did I learn? Like, what could I try to do differently? And then when you name that and you have that plan for when you go back to the Mexican restaurant or you're at the Super Bowl party and there's chips and guacamole, you're trying again with an intention and following through with that is going to be like, oh yeah, I can follow through on changing and improving. And that's going to give you continued momentum to keep pushing yourself just a little bit. It doesn't have to be extreme. And when you're being self-accountable and self-responsible, you're not beating yourself up over it. You're actually using inquiry to help you discover what action you should take, not a harsh rhetoric. You're just like, well, what can I do differently? What do I think I could do a little bit better? And that is where you start to have this balance of like, here's how I can get better. So I don't have to resort back to what I think is easier, which for some people, uh, you know, months into our program, six months later, you still kind of feel like dieting might be easier because it's clearer, Right, Like it was what you knew. We are all prone to go back to the things that we know, but by actually asking like, well, what can I try different? Like, what's the different thing I can try? How can I do this differently? And then following through helps you to continue to grow long after you finish any program because you're now the driver of your self-improvement. Yeah, that's a good point. What That's something that we
0: see a lot is about the middle toward the end of the program. There's a lot of frustration and it starts to kind of feel like, well, it would just be easier if I could go back to macros or keto or, you know, whatever nonsense happened beforehand. (laughs) And it's like, well, if it was easier, then you'd have done it already. You know, Mm -hmm. the reality is it's easy because you have enthusiasm, you have hope in the beginning, you've bought into the energy of starting something new, which is great, gives us momentum and gets us started. But when you don't address any of the deeper things, any of the reasons why you keep making different choices than you said your values represented and things like that, then you're just going to keep doing that because no plan, no strategy, no tactic is ever going to fix your feelings. It's not gonna change the way you think about things in the world that happen. It's not gonna change how you think about your boss. I don't care how many vegetables you put on your plate your boss is still going to be your boss. Like that's just shit, you know? And I I hate to rag on bosses because we have an awesome one, but you know, like (laughs) totally, (laughs) but that it's so relatable, right? And Mm -hmm. I think everybody's kind of gone through that where somebody has treated them in a way that they didn't want to be treated or a circumstance has happened that made them uncomfortable. And that brings up all the old thinking, all the old feelings, all of the old stuff. And so I think what you said about just kind of having a plan in place a strategy in place like here is what i'm going to try i think one of the missing pieces for folks when that happens is okay i'm going to commit to trying this it's okay if i fail in the sense that i'm still not going to beat myself up if i plate my chips and salsa and i eat them and then they bring out a second basket and i still just kind of find myself munching mindlessly i still you know get to count the win of plating my chips and salsa but then i get to ask myself why didn't my plan work and it's not be necessarily because your plan was too strict of limiting you to one plate of chips and salsa it might be that you were thinking i don't know when my food is going to come or you were thinking like everybody else is still eating and it looks really weird for me to sit here quietly i don't i don't have anything to say or anything interesting to add to the conversation or whatever it is if you can just say why did i break my own resolve here Then you can take some personal responsibility for saying, I know I haven't achieved the success I want to, and it's frustrating and upsetting. That's fine, whatever. But here are the reasons why I know why it's happening. So until you're willing to really dive in and say, why is this happening over and over and over again, without making it mean that something is wrong with you instead, just with this very curious mind and this desire to solve it, not just the desire to know, it's okay. Yeah, well, I know I was emotionally eating. Problem solved. No, problem not solved. <laughs> you know, that's not the problem. The problem that's is, not the okay, end of I, the story here. <laughs> yeah,
1: problem that's the
0: not solved. What were you thinking when you decided to choose food over your eating values in that moment? What were you experiencing What was the sentence in your brain before you shut off the part that says, do you really want to do this? Because there's, there's always that sort of pause. There's always that moment. People love to be like, it was just automatic. It's like, no, it wasn't. There was always a thought. Our brains give us instructions, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there is always an instruction before we shut down and say, I'm not listening to this other piece. And that is where it's so easy to start blaming. It's the program. It's the diet. It was too restrictive. It was too hard. My coach didn't email me back. Like, I don't know what to do when I'm in these situations. This was a new situation I've ever been in before. It's so easy to just start looking for external things outside of us to say, I have no control because otherwise we're back to beating ourselves up again because I didn't have enough willpower. And the reality is it's always somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, you can have a little more responsibility and exercise a little more discipline, but the way you do that is to talk to yourself differently. And the only way to talk to yourself differently is to listen in on how you're talking to yourself now and be like, Oh, okay. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with how I, you know, have this permissive attitude of just go ahead.
1: It's fine. We'll figure it out next week or, or something like that. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really interesting how you can join a program, you can have a coach, you can have a process, right. And you want it to work for you. You know, it's, this is supposed to work. And what happens is you still have to do it, right? Like I can, we can give you every single tool in the world, every single piece of framework, encouragement, feedback, and question or accountability, check in with me when you do this, but it's always going to be within you to make the changes, no matter what, no matter what process you're doing, it comes down to your ability to take the action. And that sometimes is a piece where, you know, every once in a while I hear people like, I need somebody to hold my feet to the fire, like be a hard ass on me. And it's like, has that helped you in the past? Right. Like part of it is you learning how to hold your own feet to your own fire for whatever that looks like for you. Because you could work with us for six months or two years, but this is not a permanent relationship when you hire a coach or a mentor. It's about setting you up to take on that processing on your own and so that part's always really interesting it's like you can follow the guideline but you have to do and so you have to check in with yourself you have to ask the question like was I okay with that what do I want to do differently is that an alignment of with the person I'm trying I'm striving and trying to become and you have to actually answer those questions because I like is that an alignment and then people are like on to the next thing it's like wait no like no that wasn't and so then you got to follow up you're like okay like Well, what do I? How do I want to behave differently next time? Because ultimately, when you don't follow up and you don't get inquisitive for yourself, then you're disappointed in your. You're disappointed, and you want to be disappointed in. I should have been further in six months. I should have maybe if my coach was like a little bit harder on me and less encouraging or whatever, or the program was told me exactly what a neutral man I would have done better. But really, (laughs) it's always about yourself right so I had a call with a client recently and she finally kind of said like I think I might be eating too much and I'm just like okay tell me more what do you think well you know I noticed that I'm still getting a lot of pleasure from food and I still really have this thing where like the chocolate solves the answer and it's like good this is where your personal responsibility and accountability come in like what is one thing you can do differently instead of like sitting down at dinner and it being the like oh, the day's finally over. It's like, what can you do beforehand? That's going to help you not have food be your release of your day. It's like, oh, take a break before dinner. Like, okay, let's try that. Right. Because nobody can change that behavior or that relaxation feeling, but her, because she has to get her body to do that. Oh, nice long sigh, her day's done. And then she can enter her meal calmly. Like I'd love to do it for her, but I can't, right? Like that is on her, right? And so that's why the personal responsibility is so important because it's what's gonna help you continue to improve three months, six months, nine months, five years from now, because you're taking the control and power back with your compassion and inquiry together. That's where the change really happens,
0: yeah. And that's what I do with the clients as well. It's just kind of like, okay, what is your 1% better? And everybody wants to think 1% better is stupid. Like, it's just not going to make a difference. And I'm like, (laughs) listen, we can do a whole podcast on 1% better. But when you think about these small steps, everybody wants to take these giant leaps because like, let me just get out of this as soon as possible. And then I'll just forget how awful it was and how much work it took. And then I'll just maintain it forever, which never happens. So, okay, what is your solution? And in your client's case, it's like, okay, well, maybe I just need to relax and take a break before dinner. Okay. And then why are you not gonna do that? And that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite revealing questions. I'm like, tell me why you're not gonna do that. And they're like, what do you mean I'm not gonna do it? I'm like, tell me why, you know, like, what is the, <laughs> your brain gonna offer you as a very good reason Seems gonna, it's going to seem real legit. It's going to seem very justifiable why you should just not take that break before you eat. And so even coming up with their obstacles and getting you out of your own head and just saying, okay, here's my patterns. Here's what I know about me. Here are the excuses that I know I'm going to make and tackling those ahead of time. Then you can also say, well, how do I want to feel at the end of this? It's Yeah. You think like, it's going to be so hard. That's the imaginary thing. It's just going to be so hard to follow through on this resting thing. (laughs) Yeah. Super hard, you know, but the reality is, it's like, the only thing that's hard is the way that you're thinking about it. I promise you sitting there for five minutes is, is not going to be as scary and as hard as you think it is. And it'll be
1: awkward. Sure. Yeah.
0: You're going to have a little, like, are you that afraid of your thoughts? And the reality is most of us are. Some of that mm-hmm. shit is scary, but you know, I mean, the reality <laughs> is like all you have to do is sit there and listen to your brain, tell you to do stuff that you're not going to follow through on. Like you should get up and go switch the laundry. Then if you're just going to sit around and wait before dinner, or like, you know, your dog really should be walked right now. If you're not going to just mm-hmm. eat Then you should just go do something. Don't be you know, lazy or whatever. And yep. if we can just say, okay, here's why I'm resting. Here are the excuses I know I'm going to come up with. And I'm just gonna tell myself, I know I should do my laundry and I will, but right now I'm resting. I know I should walk the dog and I absolutely will. I'm looking forward to it after I'm rested, you know? And so we can kind of really dissect where the excuses are and then say, okay, And how are you going to feel when you do this, when you follow through and you complete it? And, you know, we talk about daily wins with our clients all the time, right? And it's so Mm -hmm. fun to celebrate their wins. I love celebrating client wins. For sure. And they're just so proud of themselves for following through because they now have the tools to see, like, why
1: they weren't following through. (laughs) So I think what you did is such a good thing. And once you follow through, right, it starts to build your belief in yourself, right? Like, oh, I can follow through. I can show up. I can do this. You know, like your question, like why aren't you going to do it? Mine is like, what's going to get in the way? And they're like, what? Huh? And I love that question. It's one of my favorites because, like, when I think about, I always envision like a detour when you're driving somewhere. What's going to get in the way, right? Mm. And you're driving to your grandma's house, and they close the road, like. You're not going to turn the car around and go back to the garage, put it in park and be like, well, I guess we're not going to visit grandma. You're going to pull up your map. You're going to find a different option. And yeah, it might take you 30 minutes longer or whatever. We're still going to get there, right? And so that's the thing with figuring out what's getting in your way is that this perseverance starts to come up where you're like, yeah, that like, I kind of followed through on this, but here's where it broke down. Here's what I'm going to try again. And that's the momentum and the mindset that allows our clients to continue to lose weight long after the program, long after they get a foundation of our habits, right? And especially our core habits, eating just enough, eating without distractions, three to four meals. It helps them to be able to continue to replicate it and go like, well, that quite didn't go as planned, but here's what I'm going to do next. And then they keep adjusting and adjusting and proving to themselves that they're getting better. And We have clients who lose some weight initially in the first six months and pretty quickly, depending on their, everybody's dieting history is different. We have clients who lose a little bit and some that stay pretty steady because they're facing foods that they've been afraid of forever. And after they've built the foundation, you're in this land of practice. You're practicing your habits, you're practicing, you're practicing, but that's, what's going to allow you to get better at anything is the time you're investing in the practice. But if you're learning an instrument or learning a new sport, right? When you practice, you're naturally asking yourself, how do I do it differently? How does my swing get better? How do I move to pick up the spare when I'm bowling? You're changing the scenario so you can do it differently. You're not going to shoot the same shot every single time and expect to get better. You're asking for feedback, you're practicing, you're asking yourself for feedback. Like, what did I do right? What if I change? I recently have been getting back into golf and it's not, you know, I hit like five good balls for probably every hundred, but no big deal. But like every time after every single swing, I'm like, did that feel different? If it was a good shot, I asked myself, did it feel different? Like what went right? I could feel the difference. What do I think I did? Like, oh, I moved my arm in a weird way. Like, okay, try to hold your arm straight. Right. And that same thing goes for when you're learning new habits with food. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's what I'm going to try. And that's the growth process, right? You recognize where you're approximating what you really want to be doing. That's your win. Like I got a little bit closer and then you get to ask yourself the questions of what do I do next? And it doesn't have to be huge. It just is a teeny tiny thing. Yeah. The teeny tiny
0: thing is so effective because (laughs) you can just see it, right? You can just see what you need to do. And if you can get out of your head and stop thinking that it takes these big grandiose efforts in order to make any kind of progress. And you can really adopt the idea that small progress is progress. And the reality is most people that go through this dieting thing do it for 10, 20, 30 plus years. Like Mm -hmm. y'all are already on the slow road. Really? (laughs) Like, do you think that this is, (laughs) you know, these, these little 12 week increments, that is the slow ass road. It is Dreadfully slow. It is decades slow. So, why not just it's give a yourself a permanent
1: hamster wheel? You know, <laughs> like 12 week things or challenges or, and other diets are setting you up to stay on the cycle of dieting. So, sure, your weight and the loss might be slow when you're doing hunger directed and a habits based approach, but you're never going to get off the hamster wheel if you stay dieting. You're just going to be on it forever. And no judgment. Ask me how I know. I've been there. I know what the slow
0: road looks like. I know what it feels like to be like, this is actually faster than I thought. The scale goes down five pounds in the first week. Cause I cut my carbs out, did all the things. And it's like, oh, okay. So now every single time I cycle back and I feel so terrible about myself every single time, I feel like a failure. I feel like something is wrong with me, that I just didn't find the right diet this time that I just don't have willpower and, and that I suck. And it really just feels awful. So... Take the slow road that you actually can see is the slow road. Let's be a little bit honest with ourselves and say, I'm just willing to take little steps and uncover some of my nonsense. I'm going to take responsibility for my feelings and for the way that I react to them. If I react by eating, cool, good to know. Like, let's not just bypass it and say, okay, well, I'm just learning. Let's sit with that and say, I'm disappointed that I ate again, out of anger, boredom, frustration. I'm disappointed that I use the excuse or the sentence. Everything is just too hard right now and I can't just think about how I'm eating. And I'm like, are you still eating though? Just because everything's stressful and hard, you still have to eat, right? Like it's still happening. So what can you do? Let's not think about perfection here. Let's not bring that to the table, but is it all or nothing? Really? And then usually it's like, well, no. I could probably still have breakfast undistracted just because I'm facing a deadline for you know lunch and dinner or whatever. That's how we keep our habits. That's how we stay resilient through the times that feel really rough is we get out of that mindset that we have to do it all, all the time. And we say, what is my best in this circumstance? What am I willing to do right now, the way things are today instead of just being like, I'm just so overwhelmed. No, you're not. You were doing things. To be fair, sometimes a lot of that right?
1: Like, <laughs> I love the overwhelmed, but I've said that one myself, you know, for different reasons. But to be fair, like I've never been so overwhelmed that I didn't brush my teeth before I went to bed, right? Thank like you, and, and that is a lifelong habit. And I try to like it's one of the things I remind my clients of when they're frustrated that the habits just aren't clicking yet, right? It's like it's been four or five months, like. Think about how many years your parents nagged you to brush your teeth before it became, you've never been so overwhelmed. You don't brush your teeth. Like your parents probably invested five years in that journey of a nighttime routine with you. Go brush your teeth, put your jammies on, go to bed. Right. And I don't have children, but I spend a lot of time with my nieces and nephews and babies that none of them ever are rushing to go brush their teeth ever. They're not excited about it, but they do it right. And eventually it becomes what you do. And that's the thing when you're building habits, if you can embrace the fact that like this is going to take a while and that's okay, because that means it's going to last. It's why we read that book, the tortoise and the hare, right? We read that book to children on purpose to try to teach them that that perseverance, the patience, the continuing forward will pay off, right? And it only doesn't work when you stop, right? Like that's, what's going to happen. When you abandon your habits, you stop the effort. That's when it, really will fail because you're not doing it anymore. But if you keep going, here's what went really well today. Here's how I can do this a little bit better. Here's, I can respond to this desire to emotionally eat. You know, nighttime snacking is a huge one for our clients. And I always ask my clients, well, what are you going to do after dinner? What is your plan? Because if you don't have a plan, the chips are going to be there and it's going to seem like a great idea at the time. And a normal thing, and then you're like, damn it, I snapped again. I'm trying so hard not to do this. And if you don't prepare to do something differently, you're far more likely to revert back to how you used to do it. Yeah. Mic drop. Amen. Love the brush your (laughs) teeth thing.
0: I tell my clients that all the time when they're like, oh, I'm just so stressed. I really couldn't even think about my habits. I'm like, so you're not brushing your teeth? And they're like, what do you mean? Of course I'm brushing my teeth. I'm like, okay. So like these just aren't habits yet. People think I let go of my habits. I'm like, no, you didn't. They're not habits. You're developing them into habits. They'll become mm-hmm. habits someday. They will become pretty effortless and mindless eventually. But right now, if you're not letting go of brushing your teeth, if you're not so damn stressed and overwhelmed that you're not showering, you're not brushing your teeth, you're not, you know, waking up, rolling out your bed hair. turning on the coffee pot without any conscious thought whatsoever, <laughs> you know, then these are not habits yet but that's okay they don't have to be it doesn't have to be that in six months you got it you got it nailed let's Mm -hmm. just give ourselves like some ridiculously long Mm -hmm. period of time say it's going to take me five years to build these habits and i'm going to work every damn day to the best of my ability without judging myself in a harsh way While looking at and examining what I'm doing, what's going well, what's not, again, without that shitty judgment voice, with some compassion and accountability, that's how you start taking action in a way that makes real change. But we got to get there first. And that means dropping that timeline, dropping those shitty expectations, and just being your friend. Having your own back isn't bypassing all of your Mm -hmm. shitty stuff having your own back says, I'm willing to just be uncomfortable in my bullshit
1: because this is what makes me uncomfortable in my life. Yep. Period. You know, and I think, you know, another thing that's really important to remember, well, we have, even I had it when I like signed up to be a client of Leslie's, like, I'm going to be the client in six months. I'm going to lose 35 pounds. Want to (laughs) know what happened? Did not do that. Not even close. Right. And so I felt better, but you know, it ultimately I had, saw an Instagram post from somebody, it's like in five years, you're just going to be glad that you didn't give up. Right. And that was kind of the thing that I personally come back to with anything like in the future, I'm going to be glad I didn't give up on myself, but with habits, right. You know, it, it, I haven't made any single habit that's been long lasting for longevity in six months. Like I've gotten practice with those habits, but you're either choosing your habits by intentionally practicing them. Or you're collecting habits that you didn't choose. Mm. And that's the decision you got to sit with. If you're feeling like this is too hard, this is not you either. are Saying like, I'm empowering myself to choose the habits I want instead of collecting habits. I don't want to be a part of my life because our lives were made up of a series of habits for better or worse. So be in the driver's seat and pick the ones you want and be patient with yourself as you acquire them. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We're undoing lots of years of bullshit. We're undoing your family of origins habits. We're undoing everything you learned at school through peers, through friends, through college, through all the things, all your life experiences are a collection of voices that create your sort of framework for how you live your life. And there's a lot of recognizing and undoing that goes into that. So um, six months is blink. It's a blip in time. So yeah, gosh, I think that's probably it for me. Do you have anything else that did we did we do it?
1: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, if y'all aren't following Eileen on Instagram, make sure that you do. I will put her handle in the show notes. And if you have any thoughts or questions on the episode, make sure that you Send us a message, hit us up, let us know what your thoughts are. If you want to argue about it, if you don't think it's true and it's a bunch of bullshit, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. (laughs) And that's all we have for you today. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you love this episode, do the cool thing like all the other folks and support the show by leaving a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. Screenshot the episode, share it on social media. And let me know what your takeaway was. Please tag me. All my information is in the show notes. If you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, ideas for future episodes, or if you want to work together, drop into my inbox. It's always open for you. And I just want to let you know that the doors for the group coaching program are going to be open on October 12th. So if that is something that you are wanting to sign up for, if you've been waiting to sign up for it, if you're ready to change your life beyond diets, beyond all of the bullshit that is in the industry that is out there for you and do something different, this is the program for you. So make sure you are watching for that announcement and putting it on your calendar. It is happening. All right, that is it. We will talk next time. Bye.